Be sure to go to bit.ly slash funny community to join our funny community. Comment on episodes and who knows what else. That's bit.ly slash funny community. Hey, yo. Slice Pomoni here. Welcome to Medali. Um, yeah, I just picked up this uh, cheese. It's got mold on it. You got anything fresher? Oh, uh, let me uh, see that there. There you go. You just handed me back the same cheese. No, no. I fixed your problem, yo. You just wrote on it and handed it back to me. No. I didn't just write on it. I wrote fresh on it. And in big black magic marker, too. But I can see it's not fresh with my eyes. Nope. Now this package self-identifies as fresh. And you can't say nothing. Protectorate Productions Comedy Showcase. Here we go. Bells in the Bat Free, John Bell's show, can be found at thebatfree.com on the Mutual Audio Network and finer podcast sites. I go now. Wait a minute. Don't you think that admitting that you're evil is going to really mess up your relationship or the rest of the world? How would anybody ever know that I said this? You said it on this podcast for everybody to hear. Everybody? Yes. I have seen your ratings. Okay, for some people to hear. I do not think it will do any damage. Well, I might just send a recording of this to the State Department. Ha! Americans so stupid, you think State Department is Department of Motor Vehicles. Motor what? Vehicles! Vehicles! Hi, Mr. Bell. What did I miss? Oh, there's that lame brain that ran into me in the parking lot. Brad, I want you to take a recording of today's show and take it straight to the State Department. Will do, Mr. Bell. But I think our tags are up to date. It's James Kennison over at NLCast.com. Here come the clowns. It's my first question, and uh, it's from a Christian brother of mine named James, and you might know him from uh, the Nobody's Listening podcast. I've, I actually was inspired to begin podcasting um, by listening to his show. Although he calls himself a Christian brother, I, um, I, I sometimes doubt the sincerity of his commitment, but um, I feel like that's one of the reasons why I needed to start this podcast in the first place was to balance the um, slight amounts of evil that come through in his podcast? I don't know. But anyway, um, here is his email. <coughs> Let me see. Where is it? I seem to have misplaced the emails. Um... Oh, here it is. Alright. Uh, dear Jojo, that's me, how do you feel about playing video games? Is it wrong like some people say? Well, I'm glad you asked, James. Um, 
it's a hot topic around here. And uh, I would just say that in a, in a word or two, yes, video games are evil. And, and playing games that teach you how to become a murderer cannot be a good game. I mean, how would it be? Uh, th- th- there was once a kid I heard about on, on some show that I was listening to. I don't remember the details, but there was a kid in some town who shot some other kids. And um, almost all of them were kill shots to the head. And that was like really, really rare because... Um, it, the kid shot people better than the FBI or CSI or the FAQ all put together could shoot at the same time. And um, that's proof that using a mouse and a keyboard perfects your aim with a real gun. I don't understand how that's possible, but I let I let the uh, experts understand it for me. And I just do and go by what they say. That's that's what I do. Um, but yeah, somehow, uh, apparently, um, using a mouse and a keyboard to direct a um, first-person perspective in, in 3D space um, somehow translates into being able to hold a gun in front of your real face and shooting real people. So somebody smarter than me can explain it to you if you ask them. So... Um, the other, so, so that's that's proof number one why they're evil. Secondly, it may sound a little simpler, but it's no more or less uh, important to point out, and that is that uh, they are a waste of time. Uh, t- every moment that you spend playing a video game is a moment you could spend further devoted to things of God, and and. I that's why I don't play video games, and uh, I started thinking about that, and I was like, uh, you know, I I need to take it a step further. My commitment has got to be more than the average person, and I want to be uh, significant, not significant. What do I call it? Consistent in my beliefs. So I started evaluating all of the things in my life that robbed me from time with my holy father, and um, I could not believe. Once I made a whist, uh, the worldly things that were stealing little bits of my relationship with God away from me, let me tell you, I mean, some of them were easy. You know, television, newspapers, phone calls, mowing the lawn. <clears throat> but then came the parts where I had to sacrifice. And so even though I enjoy these things, they had to go because they were robbing me of my time. Things like cooking and cleaning and showers and exercise, they all had to go. If I were going to judge video games by that standard, I had to do it everywhere else. Only a hypocrite or a hippopotamus would do otherwise. So, uh, James and all the other little Jameses out there, heed my warnings. Hell is full of video game players. I don't care how many times you've beat Halo. There's no Halo waiting for you where you're going. So don't make room for doom. Play instead of play. And take a fast from the world of Warcraft. Say no to Mario. Tell Sonic to get a colonic. And tell the Sims to take a swim. Tell the world that you'd rather be God Zero than a guitar hero. Throw your Wii in the sea. Break your PS3 across your knee and lay your Xbox at the foot of the old rugged cross. There you go, James. I hope that answers your question. Here's something you may have heard before, but it's worth repeating. Oh, Jada! How you doing, Emo? I'm alright, man! I want you to meet my Aunt Cindy! Hello, it's good to meet you. Aunt Cindy, like, this is Jada, man! 
Oh, it was so good to meet you. Aren't you a handsome fellow? <laughs> what you say, me and you go paint the town red right now? Uh, r right now? You know, I, I really just got finished with a big painting job, and I, I'm not really interested in... Oh, you hate me! <laughs> now, calm down. I don't hate you. <laughs> you don't? No. I'm not a tyrant. I don't want to see you crying. You mean you care about my feelings? Of course I do. Slice Pimoni here for Axel and Slate Insurance. You know, it's hard to find a good insurance agent these days. Most are cruel and hard to work with. But at Axel and Slate, we pride ourselves. We check and we double check to make sure you're insured from all sorts of bodies, especially us. In all the years we've been operating, we never attack our own. That's a good record. So for insurance, take Axel and Slate, or you'll be taking chances. Hey, you know, one of the worst things about insurance companies is that they, they change the rates and they don't even tell you, you know? Hey, yo, Slice Bimoni here for Axel and Slate Insurance. And at Axel and Slate Insurance... We don't promise we won't raise yous rates. And what we do promise is... Yous gonna be the first to know. Excellent slate. It's to better insurance. Pay up or else. And here's this week's old time radio moment. Brought to you by... The Retro Radio Podcast. And Keith Healthley. <laughs> I think we should do a psychological murder mystery. I'd rather be the frustrated heroine, and you can be a hard-boiled detective from Homicide. This is stupendous. Why, I'll be another Mark Heckinger. That's Hellinger. We're on the air. <laughs> I've come a little late on that line. We must be careful, you know, because many of our listeners are bookies. Go ahead, Lucille. You start the story with one of those dramatic narrations. Okay, here goes. Yes, I killed my husband. I killed him because I needed money. Lots of money. I needed a million dollars. You see, I wanted to buy a Cadillac from Honest John. <laughs> but there was a detective, a cold-blooded detective who preyed on my conscience like the plague. Everywhere I turned, his voice rang in my ears. This is the voice of your conscience. <laughs> Go away, I don't speak to strangers You can't escape me You murdered your husband You murdered your husband You murdered your husband There's no laugh there, folks But it helps you follow the story His nagging voice was with me constantly I was afraid of him because he was clever Besides being a detective He wrote mystery novels Yes, another Edgar Allan Schmo. <laughs> But that first day he came on the case, I saw him coming down the street and his friends called to him. Hiya, Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. Hi there, Jimmy. What's new, Jimmy? Hey, look, it's Jimmy. 
Yes. His name was Charlie. <laughs> when, he knocked on the, when he knocked on the door, I walked from the fourth floor of my mansion down to the front door. Long legs. <laughs> then I opened the door, and there he was. Okay, sister. I'm from the law firm of Zombie, Zombie, and Crawl. Zombie, Zombie, and Crawl? Yes, after two zombies, you've got to crawl. <laughs> Now, look, baby, I know you murdered your husband, and I'm going to prove it. What's in that room there? Oh, please don't go in there. It's only my poor old invalid grandmother. I'll take a look anyway. Pardon me, my dear lady. I can tell by looking at your sweet old face that you had nothing to do with the murder. But I got to hear it from your own tender lips. Ah, drop dead! <laughs> Poor darling, she was getting a broom ready for Halloween. <laughs> but there's something suspicious about this case. When we examined the corpse, we found 32 bullet holes in his body, but not one bullet hole in his clothes. How do you account for that? Must have been an inside job. <laughs> a logical deduction. But who is this low character coming over here? Oh, that's my butler. Uh, this is Detective Durante. How do you do? <laughs> I haven't heard a laugh like that since I lost my halter at the YMCA. <laughs> What's your name, butler? My name is Lester Chester Sylvester Hettlester Vester. Lester Chester Sylvester Van Nessel Hester Fester Hester Sylvester? You know, folks, we have the wealthiest writers in radio. They get paid by the word. <laughs> Now, you stick around, Lester Chester. I gotta find some clues. Oh, I can't stand it any longer. I did it. I shot my husband, stabbed him, and strangled him, and hit him over the head with a club. And I admit it. Words, words. I'm looking for clues. <laughs> yeah, yeah! Detective Durini. <laughs> I won't let her take the blame. I murdered him. Oh, it's my secret lover, Candido. And when you see him, you can see why I'm keeping him secret. <laughs> Be careful, he's a gangster and a cutthroat. I got my gun on me. Tell me, Candida, how did you become a hoodlum? Well, I started in high society, drifted to the middle classes, and wound up down here in the underworld. <laughs> so you confess that you're the murderer, huh? Well, we were all in it together. The wife, the butler, and me. Come on, Lester Chester, let's run for it. Come back here, I'll shoot. How do you like that? I shot all three of them. The sound man must use carbon paper. <laughs> Have a good day, and remember, laughter, it's a really good medicine. Be sure to go to bit.ly slash funny community to join our funny community. Comment on episodes and who knows what else. That's bit.ly slash funny community. We interrupt this program to bring you this special audio presentation from the voice closet. So, you finally made enough money to really live it up. Build your dream hovel with the help of Dwelling Depot. You'll be the envy of all your peasant friends when you build a spiffy structure with the ever-popular fig tree wood. Fig and fig leaves sold separately. 
Dwelling Depot is standing by with quality materials to last the lifetime of your home. Saws, hammers, chisels, you name it, we have it. See our ad in this weekend's Mesopotamian Metro. Dwelling Depot on the corner of Methuselah Boulevard and Art Creek Drive. Call 555-6466. That's 555-OH-NO. Giving a lift to your left lines. The Voice Closet with Glenn Haskell. So much to say, so many ways to say it. 